love. Some would say it took a backseat when the pandemic forced us apart. As a family-run and proudly Canadian-owned company, Charm Diamond Centres saw the need to bring us together with tales of love and created the Canadian Love Map podcast. Since then, we've shared hundreds of real, uplifting stories that prove love conquers all. So thank you for listening. We couldn't do it without you. And remember, love starts here. This is a true Canadian love story. We were meant to be together. I can't imagine my life without you. Honestly, he's a light of my life. It's nice to be in that tractor beam of love. I'm her biggest fan. I think I knew I'd lost my heart again. I knew I wanted a marriage like that. Difficult roads can lead to very beautiful destinations. Well, love is the most important thing. Everything happens for a reason, and no matter what happens in our life or anyone's life, it is it's meant to happen, you know, and everything will be what it should be against all odds. Hi, I'm Nancy Regan. Today's love story belongs to Phoenix and Justin. Those are their real names, but their fans know them as Fox and Hound. They are singer-songwriters extraordinaire, both individually and as a duo, and they're creating a rich tapestry in their shared experience of life. Nashville was home before the pandemic, but these lovebirds have landed far from that musical epicenter in the tiny community of Salt Spring Island, B.C., this is the Canadian Love Map. Fox and Hound. I love this name so much, and I want to talk, Phoenix and Justin, about how it represents you two before we talk about anything else. <laughs> okay. Um, well, first of all, thanks for having us. Yeah. So happy um, to, be, to be here with you talking. I'm so happy to be here with you. Um Fox and Hound are the name of our musical duo actually came about um, because it it originated as a nickname that Justin gave to me when we first started dating. Um, and that is because the Phoenix's name from the Harry Potter books is Fox. Um, oh. And my name is Phoenix. So he gave me the nickname Fox. And then uh, it just sort of spiraled into... And then I would call him Hound every once in a while, and um, and uh, and then he changed his uh, his solo name to Hound, and it just felt like the most natural progression to name ourselves Fox and Hound, and the Fox and the Hound, and it just felt um, it felt like us. Yeah, it came together pretty much all at once, and then I started the solo stuff. It kind of all came around the same time. Um, and that's the very literal version, but I also think of it as just like, we're just running around in the woods chasing each other. So that's really, you know, it's wild out here. And that's, that's where I I think. That is true. Yeah, we are running around in the woods chasing each other. Yeah. Not naked or anything or crazy. <laughs> okay, let's talk about love. This is a love map. Tell me about when the fox and hound met, please. I think you should tell this because I think you remember it a okay. little. Like the very first time that we met. Yeah. Um, so we met in in Boston, similar to I hadn't met uh, Andrew yet, of course. That was one of Phoenix's friends. And um, 
Oh, but, I want to make a quick uh, note because uh, we haven't said that. I know you both through my son, <laughs> Andrew, who was at Berkeley yeah. College of Music with you. So just to explain yes. that, that's a little footnote yes. for everybody. Okay, yes. go, Justin. Andrew, Sorry to interrupt. incredible gentleman. What a sweet man. And I miss him very much. Andrew was my best friend in college, like first best friend. And yeah, actually, right. we, we did a Love Map episode with Andrew and Olivia in mm-hmm. season two, maybe. So mm-hmm. people can check that out. Okay, Justin, go. Okay, so yes, um, we met um, in short in stage crew at Berkeley. So we both had a student job working these various gigs in the venues at Berkeley. Um, And I remember there was one, I think we started working the same year. So there was like an orientation at the very beginning of the year. And I just remember very vividly sitting on the main stage, I think at the BPC, Mm-hmm. Um, the Berkeley with two long center. tables. And yeah, you were one of maybe four or five people in that um, introductory group. And yeah. I was just um, just floored right off the bat because I was like, oh my gosh, this beautiful redheaded lady um, <laughs> is just so chill. And I remember you, yeah, you just had this infectious kind of energy about you. And I, and I remember getting home that night uh, back to my dorm or back to my apartment at the time and telling my roommates, I was like, I am going to be with this person. I just found, <laughs> I just found this incredible, beautiful, amazing person. Um, I think she has a boyfriend, but, um, <laughs> I, um, I just gotta, gotta try. So that's how we met. I'll say, and then you can carry it on. Yeah. That's the first. I didn't introduce myself time. yet, but it's funny because he remembers it so vividly. And I like barely do. I remember meeting you, but I don't, I don't know. I didn't have the same sort of <laughs> reaction. Um, and when we started officially like spending time together, you were like, yeah, we've met. Or like, remember back in orientation? And I was like, I, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Um, but yeah, that's how, that's how we met. And um, we worked the same job. Like Justin said, um, I just remember uh, before we started dating, Um, every shift that I worked with Justin, I just really enjoyed his company. Um, he was a really fun person and, you know, in, in a job like that, you have so many coworkers, like there were so many venues around campus and so many shows that were constantly happening. And, um, there were certain coworkers that really stuck out in my mind. And so every time I saw that I was working with Justin, I was excited because, um, it just makes that time so much better. Um, and you know, I remember talking with him and like confiding in him and getting to know each other a little better throughout that year. But at the time I was in a, in a different relationship. Um, and this was, you know, back when we were super young, but uh, like 19, but, um, and then we, I went home for the summer and came back the next semester and we just kept running into each other around campus. And I was no longer in this relationship and Um, I actually asked him out for coffee Mm -hmm. and at the time I just, you know, I wanted to, I had just gotten out of a relationship. I was in a very transitional time in my life as a really young woman and I wanted to enjoy time by myself and enjoy being in college and making the most of my education and wasn't expecting anything in particular, but um, I asked him to hang out and we went out for coffee and instantly after our first conversation, I was like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting to be so 
um, floored by the connection that we had. I wasn't really expecting anything um, in particular. And then I just, I guess from, from then on, it was just like we've been inseparable, basically. <laughs> from my observation as an outsider of your relationship, uh, it was like you two just clicked like puzzle pieces right away. <laughs> you know, there was no trying to fit it together. It. it was like puzzle piece. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Our relationship from the very beginning has just been what it is now, honestly. Yeah. Um, we never had any, I mean, there have been obstacles in our lives uh, together yeah. and apart. But like from the very beginning, I remember there was one moment where um, you know, that, that conversation in your relationship where, you, you know, it's been a few weeks, it's been a few months and you're just sort of like, okay, what's going on. But for us, it was like, from the beginning, it was like, we know what this is, right? Right. Okay. <laughs> Let's, yeah. and then, and then that's basically what it's been ever since then. That's that beautiful. conversation was so easy because we were both in the same, in the same place. We wanted the same things and so your relationship, it's not as it wasn't a straight line to go from Boston to Salt Spring Island. Tell no. me about the journey. So um yeah, so Justin and I both graduated from Berkeley, Justin um a semester before I did. Um but we uh so I'm Canadian, obviously, and Justin is American and after I graduated, I had the opportunity to stay in the States on what is called an OPT visa. Um, so if you graduate from an American college or university with a degree, they um, allow you to uh, hold this visa for one year after graduation to work in the industry in which you um, studied. Mm -hmm. So uh, there are restrictions on the visa. Uh, you can only work in that in, in your field of study, essentially. So I wanted to take advantage of that and stay in the States and experience a different city. Um, so, and naturally, Justin and I were both uh, very invested in being artists together and separately. Um, and Nashville is a really, obviously, it's a very well-known town for um, music, but also songwriting in particular. And... Um, yeah, we basically just decided let's move there. <laughs> and uh, I got a job in the music industry working at a record label initially as an intern and then uh, as the director of social media. Um, so we were there for a year um, while I was on that visa. And uh, we had a lovely, lovely house down there and an amazing community. And we were performing uh, and releasing music, um, as well as both working jobs. Um, Justin had a few jobs, but ended up as the lead guitar tech for a local like mom and pop music shop, um, which was amazing. And so that's how we ended up in Nashville from Boston. Uh, we just wanted a different experience. And well, yeah, and if I can add, the reason we chose Nash Nashville was because there was um a Nashville trip through Berkeley every year that they, they organized because they have such an extended community down there. So, um, it was kind of a get on the bus type of deal. Get on the bus. If you want to come, you pay a, pay a fee, get on the bus. And we had, I mean, we had talks like Ted talks pretty much of from just huge industry people and universal. And 
amazing opportunities. So they kind of do wow you. And, and, um, we were just sold instantly. I mean, just for mm-hmm. the, like Phoenix was saying, the songwriting culture, the, the, the community and culture of songwriting that was existing down there and the supportive, just like do your thing type of energy. So, mm-hmm. um, I think it was also ch- cheap living in Phoenix yeah. and I, you know, <laughs> we've been fortunate enough to get support from our families, of course, but, um, we both, we're very keen on paying our way in life and, and mm-hmm. making it manageable for us to actually, you know, sustainable that we weren't just yeah. a tax or burden on our families anymore, especially that huge, you know, bill from Berkeley. So it's like, yeah. And we had already been living together for a few months and wanted to just continue on that path. Um, because our relationship was so solid and, yeah. uh, you know, never has been anything but. And a lot of friends, I think for me, uh, the book gave me comfort was yeah. just like, okay, so we can hop to Nashville because there's just so many people we know. Yeah. Um, there was a, a big community of Berkeley alumni in Nashville already. So it felt like a comfortable place to land mm-hmm. and also just to experience something different. You know, both of us, um, had never lived in the South. <laughs> no, no. Um, so that's how it's, we ended up there. Oh, and sorry. So I guess now after that, I'll just yeah. zip out the end. All right, so no, you continue. <laughs> we got, um, after Nashville, Phoenix's LPT visa ran out, um, like she was saying, and then uh, Phoenix did apply and go through the process herself of, of applying for an artist visa, which um, didn't work out just timing and everything in the States. Um, we couldn't get a lawyer at the time and it was like, okay. Um, so Phoenix unfortunately had to leave and it was a very kind of stressful time because just previously I had asked her to marry me and we were not like two months before my visa was, uh, was denied. denied. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and, um, that was not to say like, it wasn't like a move like, Oh yeah, you know, we'll stay in the country. It was more like Phoenix and I, um, as you said, we've been committed to each other right from the start. So it was like, I mean, what, why do we, what are we wasting time for? This is our life. Like you and I are in it. This is, you know, this is it. And, so after that happened, it was just this crazy whirlwind that pushed us up to Toronto at first. So Phoenix and I went and crashed with some friends, some family that she has up there, but ultimately at her grandmother's basement. Um, <laughs> and that was without a door, literally just a staircase to the basement. And we slept on a couch until we got a bed for very cheap to put down in the basement. Yeah. Um, but that was right as about COVID started and yeah. stuff locked down. And that's when shit got real. I don't know if we can swear on this. Well, but, you just um, did. It's okay. We just did. Okay. Crap got <laughs> I don't real. I think you can. I'm sorry. Crap got real. Um, so we, Phoenix's family was here. They had some space um, and they had the the means to just put us up or help us out um, because I didn't want to go back to the States. Basically, when we got up here, I committed to being um, up here. I applied to be a permanent resident almost uh, very soon after because I just, having dealt with what Phoenix dealt with in the States, I was like, I don't want to deal with this anymore. Like, mm-hmm. if I'm going to be here, I'm going to commit. So I couldn't leave because I would have voided my application. So mm-hmm. basically, we, after that, we drove across because we were like, we can't stay in this basement. There's no space. We there's a pandemic. <laughs> there's a pandemic. We wanted to grow into Toronto, but that's not happening because music's not going to happen for a while. So yeah, that's really what pushed us here. And yeah. Um, yeah. So in short, our, after my visa was denied, our initial plan was to move to Toronto. We ended up back in Canada, January of 2020, like mid January. <laughs> um, so it was pretty poor timing. Yeah. We um, all know what that means now. Conveniently. <laughs> yeah. Conveniently when the lockdown started, we were staying in my grandmother's basement, bless her heart. Um, 
But yeah, like Justin said, we just, for a multitude of reasons, thought that being in a city at that time would not be the best move for us. Um, so that's how we ended up back on Salt Spring. Um, and it was very unexpected. All of it was very unexpected mm. um, and was, you know, difficult for many reasons, but we are here now. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Charm Diamond Centers, Canada's largest family-owned jewelry store. They are proud to be putting love on the map. And the staff at Charm Diamond Centers are thrilled to be a part of your love story too. So visit charmdiamondcenters.com or one of your local stores. Love starts here. I'm so curious to know what has impacted your songwriting and your music the most or how the various chapters have. So Berkeley, the tumultuous journey you had since then and being on Salt Spring Island. Like, I feel like all of those must have had some impact on your songwriting in particular. Yeah, definitely. Um, for me, I think most of my inspiration came from the tumultuous journey. <laughs> really? Um, I mean, everything inspires songwriting in general, but um, the past couple of years for me personally have not been extremely inspiring. Um, and I'm not sure exactly why, but uh, I did... So there are a couple of songs for me that stand out. I just released a, a full-length album last year called Gold. <clears throat> and there are two songs on there that um, really reflect what we went through. And the first one is called Enough. And it's it's actually directly about my visa being denied in the States. Because I took it really personally. And I think I took it far too personally. Um and that was just a result of how comfortable I was um, in the place that I was in with Justin in Nashville in our house with our cat. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I figured it was just kind of a given that nothing would get in the way of that. And then all of a sudden I had, you know, 90 days to leave the country <laughs> or whatever it was. Um, and so I took it really personally and I, and I felt like I wasn't good enough to to stay in the States, which, you know, it's not personal. <laughs> right. And I recognize that now, but um, that really inspired that song. And then another one um, called Against All Odds that I wrote um, when we were living with my grandma and the pandemic had just started. And I felt like, what are we doing? <laughs> what am I doing? Um, you know, and, and I wrote it like sort of to remind myself that everything happens for a reason and no matter what happens in our life um, or anyone's life, it is, it's meant to happen, um, you know, and everything will be what it should be against all odds. That's so cool. What about you, Justin? I think for me living in, in the moment now and, and, being able to reflect on everything that's happened, I find way more inspiration. I think that's probably natural to reflect on your experiences, but during it for sure, there was this weird tear and this weird challenge, like growing up and I, I um, didn't take music 
seriously as early as Phoenix did, but I was definitely writing in high school and wrote and had some songs. And so I was doing a lot of writing in Nashville when I was around players and I was playing, you know, a couple nights um, a week or something like that. And that was really inspiring. But then I'd say that actually that tumultuous time was a very dead time for me. Um, I think it was the first time genuinely I thought, what is what, what does this art matter? Like when, when COVID was going on and the world was kind of happening, it was the first time in my life. And I guess I've just been a wide-eyed child that is allowed to or that allowed myself to dream constantly and kind of live in my imagination. So that's maybe to my my own fault, but um that was the first time I questioned it. That was the first time I was like, oh, this doesn't matter. I don't know why I'm putting so much pressure on it because it really just there's people dying. There's people that need need a help to get out of bed today. So like, you know, so I think that was a very humbling thing, but it made me very uninspired for a little while and like I don't want to write. I don't want to, I don't care. It doesn't matter. And now coming out of that and finding a new confidence has been now I'm remembering and kind of pulling stuff out of those experiences for myself personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Creativity is amazing, isn't it? Like you both, it, it's a, such an individual relationship between the artist or the creator and their inspiration and their, and their art. It's amazing. Yeah, it is. It's very deeply personal. <laughs> yeah. Every person, every, every single stream of creativity in each person separately is vastly different. It seems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you are gardening or cooking, do you sing together? We're often, I think before, without us even knowing it, we're, we're musical, we're harmonizing with each other, we're singing songs, we're humming parts of songs. Um, but we're never, you know, in the kitchen just like harmonizing songs together. <laughs> no. I'm, I am like, like Andrew, I, I never stop singing. For sure. It's, uh, <laughs> it could be annoying at times, but. Um, also beautiful. Yeah, I guess I, there's just yeah. music all around all the time, regardless of whether we are aware of it or not, I think. Yeah. Will you give me a little taste of your voices together? Oh, yeah. Would you mind? Sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm putting you yeah. on the spot. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because I was, I was thinking, it's like, oh, yeah, we had the My mic. My guitar is right there. Okay. Oh, great. Guitar and everything. <laughs> um, we'll play you a little bit of um, a, a song of ours called Slow Motion. All right. Great. Slow motion 
That was so extraordinary. And it seems that there's so much metaphor in harmonizing and singing together for a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. There is, I feel like every song that we have written together is a metaphor for our relationship. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. I don't even think like, there's so many days where I don't even think of it. And then I'm like, oh yeah, we're both like musicians taking it very seriously. And I'm like, oh yeah, I could be in a relationship with a doctor or with, a, <laughs> with you know, you know, someone who's just hanging at home. Like, you, you know, probably like you have a little more money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe, but um, it's, yeah. So it's, I, we take it yeah. for granted a lot. So we appreciate you you know that song is one of my favorites and it's one of them uh it's one of our newest songs together and it it, it definitely is like we the whole conversation we just had about ending back up in my hometown it's it's essentially a metaphor for that and, yeah. and living in slow motion and um feels like it right know, now we're yeah, living in slow basically motion. wanting to just go into the woods and get married and which is actually what we're doing yeah. <laughs> so how's that gonna happen um weird we found a little place on island a little yeah. like b and b a cute yeah. little yeah we're having a small uh like intimate wedding ceremony and um celebration uh in september like justin said on our seventh anniversary and can you just give us a taste of what it's going to be like yeah it's uh like justin said we have a a bnb um rented so there's this beautiful property on the top part of the island here um that overlooks the islands and um the sunset so we're just gonna have a a, a very intimate ceremony there um and it's gonna be small i think there's about 20 people um, that are coming, you know, just our closest family, yeah. essentially. Um, and, you know, we could have waited. Um, we have been engaged for three years almost. We could have continued to wait until things, you know, looked exactly the way that we had planned. But I don't think that it ever is going to look, <laughs> you know, the way that you plan it <laughs> to an extent. So I think we just it, we just don't want to wait anymore to be married mm -hmm. and uh I'm really excited <laughs> can you tell me Justin what do you love most about Phoenix uh the realness I would say and that was one of the first things I remember talking to Phoenix I came from Boston and so much of my life was hustle bustle and kind of putting on a not of putting on a front but like uh, just chaos, honestly, controlled chaos from where I'm from and who I knew and these relationships I had. And and um, Phoenix was just a breath of fresh air. And I mean, that's what this place has been in my life is a new way to be, a new way to think, a new um, perspective to see. And on top of being a talented musician, she just has the greatest heart and just has so much empathy. Um, it was just everything I could see I wanted to get me through life, right? It's like you see these things and it's like, I don't need every bit. I just need these things that'll like keep me true. And I think Phoenix embodies most of those qualities for sure. So it's not one thing, but it's just, I'd say her realness. That's very sweet of you. Phoenix, what about Justin? Um, I like, I one of the first things that drew me to Justin uh, similarly is uh his honesty like how honest he was and um it, it inspires me to to be a more honest person and um I think 
in the ways that in the parts of me that I lack, he makes up for, (laughs) if that makes any sense. Um, You know, even emotionally, um, he has taught me (laughs) so much um, in regards to communication um, and communicating honestly and being upfront. And, um, you know, that's, that is one of my favorite things about him is like how he makes me a better person. Well, it sounds like you're harmonizing beautifully through life. And I can't wait to hear your voices live sometime in the near future, I hope. Yes. Yeah, I hope we can come visit you and play some shows in Halifax. Or, or get you in out here around. to sell area yeah, to get the book out here, too. Yeah. We'll see you then. Thanks, guys, so much for joining us today on the Canadian Love Map. Where can people find you? Um, well, my solo music is under my name, Phoenix Lazar. Um, you can, if you just, you know, search my name on Instagram, Spotify, Facebook, phoenixlazar.com. Um, and then our duo is Fox and Hound, Fox, F-A-W-K-E-S and H-O-W-N-D. If you want to check that out. Uh, and then I'm at Hound Creates, H-O-W-N-D Creates. I know we're making it hard with the names, <laughs> but um, yeah, Hound Creates on all socials. Um, I do a lot of digital art and kind of getting into that space. And so um, yeah. I've kind of consolidated music and art into one one thing. So everything's there. Great. I just want to say thank you so much for being with us today. Thank, thank you. you for having us. This has been a joy. So good to hear we your voice. We love you so much. Yeah. See you again. Oh, I love you guys. I love, I love your you sound. So much, I love your energy. I, I'm, I'm thankful that you brought a little bit of the Salt Spring Island energy into our Canadian <laughs> Love Map podcast today. Oh, well, I hope you enjoyed it. See ya. Thanks so much for listening to the Canadian Love Map. If you love us, please subscribe and share. We'll be back next week with another love story to add to the map. This podcast is presented and made possible by Charm Diamond Centers. It's hosted by me, Nancy Regan, and is produced and distributed by Podstarter. This has been a Podstarter production. production.